This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus. Hope Lives Friday side notes. Uh, On Fridays, we're going to uh, delve into some side notes. And what are side notes? They may be historical issues that I want to deal with that give you a biblical perspective. It might be something economic, might be something from the Bible, might be some symbolism from the Bible, or it might even just be some ideas, philosophical, maybe even scientific that interest me and that I think the Bible either speaks to or they shed light on scripture and allow you to understand and see scripture in uh, maybe a new, a different, a more in-depth way than you saw it before. So uh, Friday Side Notes is a dealer's choice type situation for me in in that I am going to just give you information that is important. Uh, we get to the springtime of the year oftentimes as a church and and we allow all the pretty things that to God to distract us from the from the finished work that God has uh, done in Jesus Christ. And and what I'd say to you this morning is that there's an important there's an important principle that we need to focus on the kingdom of God and the power that uh, created the kingdom of God. And that power that created the kingdom of God is the re- power of the resurrection, the power to take that which is dead and make it alive. And God did that in Jesus Christ. And if you'll notice as you're reading, especially in the New Testament, but but a lot of times in the Old Testament, when you're reading an epistle or especially when you're reading a gospel, well, and that makes up most of the New Testament. But when you read those, there's always a passage that deals with the atoning sacrifice or the complete work of Jesus Christ on the earth. Because, of course, all those passages are about that. And uh, all those books are about that. Any, any letter to a church instructing that church is going to begin with Christ. Obviously, the Gospels of Jesus Christ are about Christ. And then and then you get all the way into, you get throughout that. And the Revelation is all about Jesus completing what he's done uh, and bringing everything under his authority and, and, and rule and power. And the whole Bible or the whole New Testament is about the finished work of Christ. I'm going to just go to a few passages this week and and deal with one of them that uh, I love is Colossians chapter one, verse 13. And uh, he gives, he, in Colossians, he gives us an introduction and talks about faith in Jesus Christ and things like that. And then he goes into the preeminency of Christ, who Christ is, who, how, how powerful he is, how he is the only, he's the one. He says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Notice, God, we were in a place, we were in darkness, and and Jesus is the one who has delivered us from the power of darkness. He's the one that's pulled us away from the power of darkness. He's the one that's brought us of the power of darkness, and he's conveyed into, and he's conveyed us into his kingdom, the uh, kingdom of of the Son, uh, uh, of his love. He's placed us in a kingdom. We're, We're now a part of the kingdom of God, and that kingdom of God is based off of God's love, and based off of the work that Jesus, he has created a kingdom, and, and that kingdom, its power resonates inside believers. Notice that he starts out, he's delivered us from darkness, and he's given us, 
He's given us a, a, a kingdom that lives inside of us, a, a kingdom that is powerful. He says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. See, we have been redeemed from death. We have been bought at a price. We've been ransomed away from death and darkness. And, and what was used to, to ransom that? Well, it was the blood of Jesus Christ. And uh, oftentimes in our modern culture, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about the blood of Jesus. Let me say this. The blood of Jesus is that. It, it is, the, is the medium by which we, we were transferred from darkness into light. The blood of Jesus Christ is the currency used to redeem us from death and give us forgiveness of our sin. Give us forgiveness for our sin. So when we, why not begin uh, uh, Resurrection Week, the week where we celebrate a resurrected Lord? Why not begin that with 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 an understanding of the redemptive uh, work of Jesus Christ in in His blood, paying, redeeming us from darkness? He says He has given, He's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He is the image of the invisible God. Notice that. Notice that he's going into it. He's the one who is back again in the image of God. We lost that in Adam. We've been dealing with that in Genesis just recently. We've been studying through the book of Genesis. And if you'll remember, Adam was made in the image of God, but he died. He died in the garden when he ate the fruit of that tree. And everyone else coming after him was born in the image of Adam. But notice, Jesus was born in the image of God. The first to be born in the image of God, Adam was made in the image of God, but Jesus was born in the image of God. He is he, he was born perfect. He was born sinless. He was born of the virgin. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, the firstborn back in the image of God of all creation. And now who, who who comes after him? Many come after him, many come after him, and many from, from the Jews and many from the Gentiles. And says he says, For by him all things were created. Notice, Jesus was the creator. Jesus was he is the Lord God, he is Jehovah God in Genesis, who is working out, who is the Father wills. Uh, the creation, and Jesus is the one who comes and does the creating. He's the physical manifestation of God. He is, He is. it says in verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God. He is literally, he's literally God in the flesh. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Notice he's saying the things that you can see with your eyes, the things you can physically touch, but also the things that you cannot see. He's the creator of all things. He's the creator of the physical and the spiritual. God is spirit and all the spirit beings that exist. He's the creator of. And that's why it says that here, because he's going to explain it. For by him, all things were created. They're in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Now he's going to name, he's going to name ranks of angels. I don't know if you know it or not, but angels are in arm. An angel, the angelic host is an army and uh, they have ranks and they have, just like any army, generals all the way down to privates. And dominions, principalities, or powers are all ranks of angels. Those are four of the ranks of angels. You have cherubim, you have seraphim, you have arch. I think there's nine ranks of angels. I'm not sure about that right now off the top of my head. Might be 10. But as you go through scripture, as you study scripture, that he is the creator not only of the heavens and the earth, he's the creator of the angels. And that what it says, 
For by him all things were created that were in heaven and that were on earth, visible and invisible. Notice, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, those are ranks of angels. All things were created through him and for him. Notice, God created everything through Jesus Christ, and he created everything for Jesus Christ. Wow. So all of creation is his. All of creation was made by him and for him. And so why shouldn't he be the one who redeemed? He made us to love us. He made us to be to be a part of his kingdom. He made us to 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 seek him out. And so he says, and and he is before all things and in him all things consist or all things are made. He he is before all things and him in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead. Notice he's the firstborn. He's the firstborn in the image of God. And he's the firstborn from the dead. He's the firstborn. He's the one who, who died. And he's the one who was cut off from the land of the living. And he was born. He was, he, he was resurrected. He was born from the dead and all things that he made that in all things, he may have preeminence, meaning he's the firstborn of the living. He's the firstborn of of the image of God. He's the firstborn of, of the dead so that he can be over and rule over all things for it had pleased the father that for it pleased the father that in him, all the fullness should, which means that Jesus wasn't uh, uh, limited. He was the fullness of God. When he walked with us on the earth, he was the fullness of God. And by him to recon reconcile all things to himself. It was God's pleasure to be the, for Jesus to be the fullness of him on the earth and to rec reconcile everyone on the earth, everything on the earth, all of creation to himself by him, whether on the earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Uh, Jesus is the source of all peace on the earth. He is, he's reconciled us to God. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, notice, notice, where do we start out? We don't start in a neutral position. We don't start out getting to choose between good and evil. We're, we're not born in a place where we where we where we're neutral. He says we once were alienated and enemies in our mind, in our soul, by the wicked works. Yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. He he is in his flesh made us holy and blameless above reproach in his sight. He's he separated us out and made us perfect before him. He says, and he says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard. Notice, we need to walk by faith because of this. We need to walk by faith because of the promise that we have in Jesus Christ. He's the firstborn of creation. He's the firstborn of the dead. He's the fullness of God in the world. He's the full image of that. And notice, if indeed you continue in your faith, what do we do? We continue to walk. We continue to trust that. 
We continue to believe upon what Christ has done for us. We continue to walk in that. He says, if indeed you continue in your faith, grounded and steadfast, meaning unmovable. We've been placed in our faith and we're unmovable in it and not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard. And, and we're, we're, our faith is not, our faith is not a, a pointless faith. Our faith is not an empty faith. It's not a blind. Our faith is not blind. Our faith is in something. And what is that? The, our faith is in the good news of Jesus Christ. It's in the full revelation of God. It is in God's fullness manifest in Jesus Christ. It's in God's complete work through Jesus Christ, his redemptive work through Jesus Christ, shedding his blood for our sins. Our faith is not in is not in something that we can't see or don't know. It's clearly in something that we have seen and we do know. That's what John says in John 1. He says, we have beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. We have a faith in, in something we do know, something that has been clearly, clearly revealed to us, something that has been brought to us in its fullness. We have a faith in, in, in something we clearly do know, and that is that is the complete God man, 100% God, 100% man, Jesus Christ. Our faith is grounded in him. And he said, he says, if we remain steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, the good news, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven. Notice it was preached to all of those who, who have been born again. It was preached to all those who, who could hear his voice. He says, of which I, because, I, Paul, became a minister. And so then he says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. He, what he's saying is all the things that I struggle through, I just counted it as a, an honor and a glory to Jesus himself, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. What is that mystery? The mystery of the hope of God through his firstborn son, Jesus Christ. He says, to them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mysteries among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And that's the message of the cross. That's, that's what the cross is all about. The cross is all about the kingdom of God come to tabernacle with us again, to dwell with us again. The kingdom of God living inside of us and inside of our hearts. It's all of a sudden, uh, again and again, more and more alive. And you know what? We in our modern Christian culture, in many ways, have forgotten how to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We've forgotten how to uh, place that as the emphasis for a week of our lives. Springtime comes and we just, we're so happy that it's warm again that uh, we forget that, you know what, this is the time. Unlike Christmas, this is actually the time Jesus went to the cross and gave himself as, as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And because of, because of that, notice in verse 27, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is alive in you because of that work on that cross. Christ is alive in you 
because he chose, uh, he placed his heart on Jerusalem and would not be removed from it. Even though his disciples wanted to deter him from giving his life on the cross, he would not be deterred from it. Even though his own desires had a dread for the cross, he said, I'm going to the cross. Even though the Sanhedrin gave him reasons to back off of it and say that he wasn't the Christ, he said, I'm going to the cross. And even though Pontius Pilate pulled him aside and tried to come up with whatever reason he could come up with not to send him to the cross, Jesus reasoned with him that he was God and that he was the Messiah. And let me tell you something. He was the truth that uh, Pilate did not know and was seeking. And Pilate uh, put him before the people and the people said, crucify him. And so he went willingly to the cross. He went joyfully to the cross. He went to the cross so that life might be had by us. And as it says in him, he, it says in him, which Christ in you is the hope of glory. There is no hope beyond Christ in us. There is no hope beyond Christ alive in us. It is the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is the hope of our lives. It's the hope of generations past. It's the hope of generations to come. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We ought to set aside a week each year. We ought to set aside a week. It ought to be, ought to be a regular part of, of a believer's life. We ought to teach young believers and new believers that that to focus their hearts and minds, to fast and pray, to remember the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, that we might glory in the resurrection, that we might glory in the power of God and his kingdom over death, which lives inside of us. We ought to do that regularly. We ought to do that every year. And we ought not let the distractions of this world carry us away from that task, carry us away from that joyous task of celebrating our resurrection, our resurrected Lord. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.